Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We were just sitting in the kitchen before we came up here and my wife had come in and I was saying, oh, I've got nothing to talk about on the podcast this week. And she said, aren't you going to mention? And then her eyes darted upwards to the top of our fridge where there is, I think you call it a quart, you know, one of the, the small bottles of vodka that you see people drinking from in the street. You know the size that I mean? Not a, not a miniature, bigger than a miniature. Bigger than a miniature, but, but smaller than a bottle you'd see behind a bar. You know the yes, one I mean? Yes, okay, yeah. You'd, you'd associate with a brown paper bag. And, yeah. and, and I'd completely forgotten. Uh, I'd come downstairs a couple of days ago and I'd spotted it there and I thought, that that's weird. Firstly, it's a strange place for it to be. That's not where Sarah keeps her alcohol. Mm. It looked as if she was hiding booze. Right. You know, as an alcoholic... Mm. It would be unsurprising that, to think somebody to come into the house and think I'd had a relapse and I'd hidden a quart of vodka. And anyway, the the story was that our son is learning to write at school, mm-hmm. and for some reason, when he's done it, doing his homework, he will only he will only write in like a big, thick permanent marker, oh, like the one Gordon Brown used to use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and and permanent marker is going onto the table. Oh. So last week, the cleaner was round and Sarah said to her, um, look, there's this permanent marker on the table. I don't know what's good for getting it off. Right. And the cleaner had said, oh, you, you spirits. Right. But Sarah never heard of spirits. Right, right. Okay. So she went out and bought a bottle of vodka <laughs> and tipped half of it over the kitchen table to clean it. Right, okay. Oh, isn't that good? That is very, yeah. that's very good. Your house must have stank of booze. <laughs> but then when I eventually corrected it, I, I went out and got a bottle of like methylated spirits or white spirits or whatever, like a big yeah. bottle. And I came home. Um, you know, I brought it home and then I went out again, came home and all the doors and windows were open. She hadn't just put a little bit on the end of a cloth. No. She sort of poured it onto no! the table. No! <laughs> the table didn't melt. No. <laughs> In what world has she been brought up by wolves? Yeah, how does she not know? It's very strange, isn't it? Um, so that was what she told me to to talk about on the podcast. Um, when I when she, when I was I was witness this conversation, and she said, "Aren't you going to talk about spirits?" And I thought she meant like ghosts and stuff. And I was quite excited. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, sorry oh, to disappoint. I thought you'd seen a ghost. We went for a walk a couple of days ago, and we were walking past this primary school, and it was playtime, so there was a lot of commotion in the playground, and there's, you know, huge, very high fence between the the street and the playground, mm. but it's, do you call it chicken wire? Okay, yeah. Does that sound right? Where yeah, it's yeah, no, you, you know the little diamond, so you can see through it. Mm-hmm. And this kid starts talking to me. He's going, "Sir, sir," <laughs> and 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 I, well, I don't know if he's saying that. He might be saying, "Here, Mister." Here, Mister. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I just went, "Oh no, I'm fine, thanks," because I didn't want to get involved. Mm. And then Sarah said, "What is it?" And it turned out that a football oh. had gone over the fence and under a car, yeah. and she retrieved it and threw it back over the fence. And she got all these kids were cheering, and it was this huge round of applause. And that applause could have been mine, but I was so scared that I would look like a paedophile <laughs> if I talked through a school fence to a child that I just chose not to engage and say, "Sorry, sorry, no, I'm fine, thanks." But even if you'd have known it was a ball, would you still have no. like wanted to risk like hitting the fence? No. Like several times. I told you I was walking through the park some years ago with my friend Susie, and we were walking past on my right hand side. We were walking past a football game. Mm-hmm. So uh, the football game was going, if, if you like, right to left. So we we walked the whole length of the game. Mm-hmm. As we were starting to walk it, the ball came out of play, and it rolled almost in a cartoon like fashion past my feet. Right, and I thought, should I kick it back to them? I thought, no, because it can only go wrong. Mm. It'll go off in a weird direction. It'll go into the duck pond. (laughs) I'll fall over. Something humiliating will happen. Mm. So I just stood, stopped, let it roll past my feet and then carried on walking. And then I had to walk the rest of the three quarters of this football pitch while people yelled the C word at me. No, that's so mean. (laughs) But it's worth it. It was because that was less of a humiliation than what would have happened if I'd tried to kick the ball. Um, what else can I tell you about? I've been thinking about a way in which I'm a terrible parent. Oh, okay, yeah. I just can't be bothered arguing the toss. Right, so he gets his own way. Well, not just that. So, so he's really into dinosaurs at the moment, mm-hmm. and he's got some, you know, he, he's he's wrestling with the concept of death, spe- specifically with dinosaurs, with extinction. Okay. So... He'll say, Daddy, are dinosaurs all dead? I said, yeah, they lived here a long time ago. They've all died now. But now we're on the planet. It's our turn to live. And then, you know, they've, got, they've gone to live in our hearts and live in the stars. That's, <laughs> that's, what I t- that's, that's how I've explained when you die. You go to live in, live, live in hearts and live in the stars. That's so nice. Well, it's true. You it's know, nice. you live on in yeah. people's memories. And then, like, you know, I don't really understand what happens with atoms and molecules. But mm-hmm. my understanding is we're all stardust. There we go. So I, th- I think, you know, it's, it's, there's something, sw- it's, it's not too gory or gruesome an explanation mm. of death yeah yeah and it closes it down quick quickly so he'll go to me and say, daddy are all the dinosaurs dead I said, yes yes they are he says even the swimming ones and said yeah the swimming ones are all dead said, but i like the swimming ones i said i know i know but they live in our hearts now and they live in the stars and they had their time and now it's lighter and he'll go the dinosaurs aren't all dead the swimming ones aren't dead and instead of insisting that they are i'll just go yeah maybe not then <laughs> You can't be bothered to have the conversation. Yeah. The car- you don't want the back and forth. You want him to go, okay, good. Because Yeah, because he won't. He'd just go, yes, but the swim- if mm. I say the swimming ones are dead, he'll just go, yes, but they're not dead. They're not. And oh. I mean, where does it end? I just go, yeah, they're, they're, maybe they're not. I you, the, the, the word maybe I use so much uh, yeah. as a kind of catch-all to get out of having to have the conversation. Well, maybe. Okay. You never know. 
I don't think it makes you a bad parent. I think it makes you a very normal one. Oh, I went to the Natural History Museum the other day and he was just sort of obsessed with finding the woolly mammoths. Oh, He's yeah. really into woolly mammoths at the moment as well as the other dinosaurs. Right. Such a babyish name. Woolly mammoth. Yeah, <laughs> woolly. woolly. <laughs> Furry mammoth. Mammoth as well. Like the, the whole the, thing's lazy. But also, why do you need woolly? Because have you heard of another kind of mammoth? No, they're just... Yeah, What's they're that for mammoth? Which mammoth? It's the woolly one, not the other kind. <laughs> Everything about it. <laughs> woolly. When you think about what the other dinosaurs are called, they've all got proper names. Oh, yeah. I know woolly mammoth isn't a dinosaur before people start correcting me. No, no of course not. But... Uh, <laughs> um, what else? Oh, I'll tell you what we did. We watched that social dilemma. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, documentary. What did you think? Um, I think I found it very interesting. Made me reassess my relationship or non-relationship <laughs> with social media, and I got like feared for the future with like young people on social media. Yeah. So so I um I was already I've I've, I've gone off Twitter. I don't yes. know, at least till November. I don't mm. know when I'm going to go back on it, but I do feel better for, for not being on there at the minute and Facebook as well. Um, but I felt, so, so, so all that stuff about the addictive nature of it and how they get you to use it, I, I sort of knew already. That wasn't news to me. But some of the stuff about young people and their self-esteem mm. and some of the stuff about, you know, what, what a threat to democracy it can be is is terrifying we've covered it a bit on the other podcast but my favorite bit of it by far mm. was the docudrama element where they dramatized your average american family using social media i can't make my mind up if, if i preferred the, the family and you see the mom saying no phones at dinner time we're going to put them all in a cookie jar and then a kid is so addicted they smash <laughs> the cookie jar so I, d I don't know if i preferred the dramatizations in in, in that aspect mm. or the three futuristic guys who live inside your computer turning up the dials to make you more addictive when you asked me what i thought of it i didn't even remember that bit because i think i'd blocked it out because i found it so terrible there was so much of it i can't it believe awful. everyone's been raving about this documentary we all forget about it. It is good. It's really, when you hear the people who've worked in tech and the people who know about it talking about it, it's yeah. very compelling. But why they felt mm. the need to do these kind of daytime movie style reconstructions so of <laughs> the They'll find it boring. People will find it boring with experts talking. They don't like experts. You know, we've got to have some kind of drama, something smashed. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. I hope they make that into a series. <laughs> I should do. Yeah. I want to find out more about those characters. Do you think anybody thought, yeah, it's good, but I'd have done without the experts? <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> right, let's hear from some drifters, Annabelle. What's the uh, correspondence like this week? Okay, this is from Craig in Newcastle. I felt obligated to share my story of a very uncomfortable last day of work goodbye story after listening to one of your recent podcasts triggered the memory. So in my last job, in an office, whenever a member of staff left the company, it was on their manager or the director to make a quick speech to say, thanks for all the hard work, you've been great, we'll miss you and such and such, and, and end it by presenting them with the high street gift card and a bottle of bubbly that everyone had pitched in for. This is generally awkward at the best of times, as everyone leaves their desks and piles around in a semicircle around the lever, having to laugh at the boss's speech, offer insincere goodbyes and well wishes, and then a minute later return to their desks and get back to whatever it was they were doing beforehand. 
On this particular occasion, the lever, let's call her Kelly, not her real name, had worked for the company a long time, 10 years plus, and was known as being fairly blunt, direct and humourless. It was rumoured that the reason she was leaving was that she was denied a pay rise request in an ultimatum showdown situation and as such wasn't on the best terms with the director throughout her notice period. When it came time to say our farewells, the whole office, around 25 people, gathered around her desk in the standard fashion while the director gave the typical farewell speech. However, throughout the whole thing, Kelly didn't look away from her screen once to acknowledge either the director doing his speech <laughs> or her well-wishing colleague standing around awkwardly. She just carried on with the work she was doing, fidgeting with her desk drawers, pretending like nothing was happening. <laughs> At the end of the speech, typically the point that Lever would say something like, it's been a pleasure, friends for life, thanks for everything. Kelly just said, I didn't even want to leave anyways. Can't you see I'm busy with emails? <laughs> And that was the last we saw of Kelly. We all dispersed back to our desks, all of us cringing to the very core of our beings. I don't think there was anything we could have done to minimise the awkwardness of this particular moment. But I suppose it would be nice for me and my fellow drifters to know what the appropriate last day speech then back to desk etiquette should be for future reference. Oh, oh, the amount of times I'd like to have channeled Kelly there. Yeah, yeah. I don't oh, think I anyone who listens to this podcast is a Kelly. No. But I think we all aspire to be a Kelly. I think she's our god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's who we, who we want to be but can't be. I mean, I'm, I'm already yeah. completely obsessed by yeah. Kelly. And I'm frustrated that I'll never know anything really more about her or get to meet her. Or... <laughs> oh, Kelly. She's the best. Okay, and then this is from Gareth. This happened to me over 10 years ago now. I think it was around 2007, 2008. I was a fresh face office junior working in a small firm of accountants. One day, my boss was doing interviews for a new accounts assistant. Part of the process was a face-to-face interview between the candidate and my boss in her office. The other part was a short competency test that we had set up on a spare computer in the office where I sat. After the candidate completed their face-to-face interview, it was my job to show them to the computer, help them set up with a test and provide any general assistance. Three candidates came and went and soon we were on to the last interview of the day. When my boss had finished her interview and brought the guy in, I couldn't help noticing that the guy didn't have any hands. His arms basically ended as stumps, roughly halfway between where the elbow and the hands usually are. I was too anxious to ask if there was any additional assistance required and he seemed confident in everything being asked of him, so I sat him down to the test. The test. I was amazed. His typing skills were remarkable. I tried and clearly failed not to stare too much and marvelled at this man who had mastered the art of typing using his stumps. He made it look easy and natural and typed away at a pretty impressive speed. I was blown away by how he made it look easy, coping what looked like a very serious disability. Of course, it was all going too well. And you can probably see where this is going. At the end of the test, it was my job to show the candidates out, thank them for their time and then save down their work and pass it on to my boss. As we moved into the reception to say our goodbyes, I moved to do instinctively what I've done with all the other candidates and held out my hand for a handshake. I immediately realised my mistake, but it was too late to brush it off. My hand was clearly outstretched and I froze, not knowing how to solve this terrible situation. I glanced at him pleadingly, trying to telepathically beg him to laugh it off, tell me it happens all the time and not to worry about it. But he didn't. His previously friendly demeanour had disappeared. My fault, I know. And he frowned at me. I didn't know what to do. And it felt like a lifetime had passed. It was probably about 10 seconds max. Then... 
For some reason, I instinctively grabbed his stump just above the elbow and just shook it. Out of sheer anxiety, I shook it quite hard as well. His arm was rigid. He clearly wasn't a willing participant in this. Again, I looked him in the eye, pleading with him to smile at me as if I'd followed the correct protocol. But nothing. He gently pulled his arm back, said goodbye and walked out. I never told my boss what happened, but simply prayed he wouldn't get the job for fear of having to see this man again. As good fortune for me had it, despite his typing being of a high standard, the content was not actually very good and he scored lowest on the test answers and wasn't hired. I doubt he would have taken the job anyway after this. This was over a decade ago, but I still think about it regularly and I'm pretty sure I'll continue to do so until the day I die. It's just agonising. Do you know, one of the rare occasions where I, I handled something very adeptly was a similar... Uh, there was a guest on the radio show who I think had a similar arm and I went to shake hands instinctively and caught myself and then said, oh, so what What? what happens here? Let, let, tell, tell me, what, what is the... Uh, what is the uh, preferred method in lieu of a handshake? It just came out of my mouth really smoothly and nice. comfortably. And he was really cool about it and said, oh, we do an elbow bump. Uh, but, oh, Jeff, but what, I was, it was, was so weird. It was so weird. Like I, I, in, in the moment, yeah. it's like I was possessed by somebody socially competent. I was oh. like, oh, so, so what happens here then? What's the, what's the etiquette? And now Gareth, um, every time he thinks about it, be like, why didn't I say? I know, oh. but it's the only occasion that that has ever happened oh, to good, me where good. a socially competent person has possessed me. Mm. Um, one of my favourite lines in that whole email was, uh, of course, it was all going too well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any story that involves that yeah. is a story for us. Yeah, if you're thinking of writing into us, that's prob- probably a good mm. starting point. Uh, any occasion where you thought, of course, it was all <laughs> going too well. Yeah. Uh, email us, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. I'm ready now for another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Okay, so it was my son's birthday on Saturday. <gasps> what? What's wrong? What's wrong? I haven't got your son a birthday present. Oh, tell me, silly, don't you do? Where I'm, are you going? Her, I, what are you doing? I'm, I'm <laughs> horrified. Don't be silly. I'm horrified. Oh my God, I... No, this is terrible. I'm going to call Sarah so that she can take some of the responsibility oh. with me. By which you mean all of it. There's no responsibility to be taken. Guess what was on Saturday? What? <gasps> oh my God, Rudy's birthday! I'm teaching you! Oh my God! Yeah, and we've, we completely missed it. It's fine. It's awful. This makes us terrible friends. It's, no, he's only three. You would never do... You, you Annabelle, would, would never do never that. never have done it. Okay. I'm mortified. I mean, I'm just mortified. I'm mortified. We're going to have to find a way to make it up to her. I'm, I'm really not bothered. I'm really not bothered. It's fine. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if I can carry on with the podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> we might have to. What just... day was it on Saturday? Was it the the tenth, eleventh, tenth, tenth, tenth? Right, I'm putting it in in 2021 right now. Okay. Okay, and we're we're going to do something. <gasps> I'm horrified. I'm really embarrassed. Okay, I'll let you go, Sarah. Bye. <laughs> It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's not fine. It's, it's totally not. Fine. It's so Annabelle, fine. It's not. It's you would never I, do that. Know, you're such ha- a good friend. I haven't batted and an not eyelid. O- not only that, but you're so thoughtful. What must what must you and Tom have said about us behind our backs? Did not even mention it. Honestly, none of my friends remember. Literally none. No, not but one I'm, of my friends. I, I'm, hum- not one. I'm humiliated. I, I, I don't expect I, anyone to. No, but it's, my birthday. Yeah, don't forget mine. <laughs> 
Annabelle, I'm really, I'm, I'm genuinely sorry. I could cry. If I, I want, that. if I wanted you to remember it, I would have reminded you. No, that's, you're being really sweet and really gracious, but it's a really terrible reflection on me, and to a lesser extent, Sarah. I feel bad bringing it up now. So. No, no, you, you carry, carry on. <laughs> okay, I'm okay. so, I'm so sorry. Let's, I'm let's, put, make it, this let's up. put it behind us. Okay. So, three years old, mm. overnight. All those terrible two tantrums stopped. Incredible. (laughs) So my boyfriend was working all day on Saturday. It was on Saturday, as I said. So we decided to do some kind of birthday fun thing another time. But I didn't just want to take him to the park like we always do on a Saturday. So what I did was take him to a different park. (laughs) A bit more exciting because it involved going four stops on the train. And he loves the train. And we haven't been on one since March. So, you know, he was into this. He was happy Mm -hmm. to leave the house when usually he's like, stay at home, stay at home. (laughs) So that's good. He wanted to go out. I was glad about that. So the part we went to was the Queen Elizabeth one at the Olympic Park in Stratford. It's a great park. It is, yeah. And I had to go past the Westfield Shopping Centre to get to it, Mm. which I'd not been near to at all since March. And one thing struck me immediately as I went past it, which was... Everyone's gone back to normal and nobody told me. <laughs> I see. I don't, I don't think I've really properly come out of lockdown. And I do think that I might be alone. Like it was as busy as it ever is on a Saturday. Are you feeling like one of those um, Japanese soldiers? Yes, it did feel like that. Yeah, I've been in the forest and didn't yeah. realise that World War II was over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the jungle. I, honestly, it was it was a very strange moment. Because I think, I think I've been, I've had quite a lot of anxiety about catching COVID again, partly because it was unpleasant the first time, but mostly because I don't want to be the one responsible for my son getting it and it shutting down his preschool and all the other parents hating me. (laughs) That that to me is my worst fear surrounding it. So I had no intention of going into the shopping centre. But when we were at the park, my son insisted on being barefoot as there's that big sandpit there, isn't there? And then he's just running around the park with no shoes on because he is a very free spirit. I was extremely grateful that it didn't rain as then he wants to take all his clothes off and run around naked in the rain. My son is the exact opposite of me when I'm sober. I don't really like him having his shoes and socks off because I don't want him to tread on glass or something. But I also don't like being judged by the other parents for having a feral child who is barefoot in October. And then he does hurt his foot. He grazes it at the bottom of the slide and it's bleeding. So I say, oh, we'll go and get a plaster, which cheers him up because he's really into plasters at the moment. But this does mean going into the shopping centre, which, as we know, I've already said, is very, very busy. But worse than that is that there is this whole new set of rules, which I don't know about, but everyone else seems to know. Well, I'm not sure that people follow the rules in that shopping precinct that closely. (laughs) I've I've been in there a few times. This is what's so confusing, because some of the rules are very strictly adhered to. Some are broken and some just seem to be made up on the spot. Yes. Like there were the lifts. I ended up going in two lifts. One was just everyone in a pile in. The other one, only one household allowed at a time, which I didn't realise. And someone had to tell me and send me to the back of the queue. And it was mortifying. We get the plasters. That wasn't too bad. And then I thought, well, while I'm here, I'll get us a few birthday treats. We'll go to pret a <laughs> which I'd not been to for months, like probably not all year, which for me... It's quite the thing. Yeah, bearing in mind, I've mentioned this before, when, mm. when we did the radio show as an outside broadcast from New York, mm. Annabelle, in one of the greatest cities in the world, this metropolis where you can find food from every country on earth, it's renowned for being this this fantastic food city. Annabelle went to Pret-a-Manger and got a sandwich every day, which is what you did in London while we were doing the radio show. Yes, I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. I could make excuses, but I won't. So I got some bits from Pret. 
took them. I mean, is it Pret a Manger still? It's probably just Pret now. Anyway, I got some bits, took them to the tills, which has this perspex dividing wall. And I see a scanner on my side and I thought I had to use it to scan my stuff. But the lady who worked there corrected me. It wasn't for that. And I have to say, I've never felt more like a little old lady using a cash point for the first time, like in the whole shopping centre. I have never felt so amateur. And the lady didn't tell me what the scanner was for. It was like, oh, this is all too much for this old dear. Let's keep it simple. One step at a time. And it just felt like that whole time I was there. I felt doddery. That was how I felt. Doddery. It was awful. So I made up for it by walking really fast and overtaking people, which probably isn't allowed either. <laughs> A reminder that the Adrift live show online is happening on the 27th. It's 27th, isn't it? Yeah, it is, um, I think, yeah. Let me just double yeah, check that in my calendar. Um, so it's for our Patreon supporters. If you support us on Patreon, we will send out a link before then. We'll also send out an email to remind people of the date and... Um, we're getting a few th- things thrashed out at the moment, but it's happening on the 27th in the evening. I think we said quarter past eight, didn't we? Yeah. And the only way you will get that link is if you're a Patreon supporter and we'll we'll send that round. So uh, supporters on Patreon, patreon.com stroke adrift. Um, very quickly, some more laughing on the outside, dying on the inside. Yes, Gareth says I'm a payroll manager. <clears throat> so in layman's terms, I manage the process of paying our company's 950 odd workforce. Here are some of the things he hates saying. Don't you just push a button every month? Heard, I would wager by most payroll professionals on a weekly, if not more frequent (laughs) basis. Yes, because paying 950 staff, including setting up about 25 newbies each month on our payroll system, sorting their tax codes out, processing promotions and pay changes, pension contributions, overtime, sick pay, maternity pay, final payments, P45 for leavers, share schemes, healthcare benefits, student loan repayments, and dealing with people who complain that they think they're paying too much tax, they rarely are, can definitely be condensed to just pushing a button. Don't get me wrong, it's more automated than it used to be, hence me being on my own and not being part of a team of about 15 as it would have been 40 years ago. Wow. But for just under a thousand employees, it's a very busy job for me alone. I would like it if, you know, all the complexities aside, there was when that stuff was all sorted, just a big green go button to yeah. pay everyone every month. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, once it's done, yeah. just like, and then once a, once a week, someone could different could come in and press it once yeah. a month. <laughs> Be well, like, like the local mayor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be really cool. It would just go into your account. That'd yeah, be brilliant. Yeah. My default response has come to be, oh, you should, you should apply seeing, you should apply seeing as it's so easy. You should apply. Oh, you sorry. You should apply seeing as it's <laughs> so easy. You should apply seeing as it's so easy. But it says simply because it's the quickest way of ending the interaction and having to respond to all the same hilarious quips is exhausting. The other one you used to get all the time. Don't forget the extra zero. Of course. I used to come when I was handing oh. out our paper pay slips to staff every month. And luckily, this doesn't happen to me anymore, as most pay slips are done electronically now. But a few years ago, I worked for a fairly old fashioned company that still liked everything done by paper. So each month, I would go around the entire office handing everyone their pay slip. During this process, approximately 10% of all staff would be guaranteed to quit. Did you put the extra zero on my pay oh. this month? Oh. Each time this is followed by an expectant look to me. Clearly this was high-end banter and I was meant to chuckle <laughs> in an admiring tone at the ingenious... Ingenious. Ingenuity. No, no. Ingenuity. Ingenuity, thank you, of the employee. 
As a young professional, new to the company and easy to please, I would laugh politely. But once I'd heard this, quite literally hundreds of times, my patience waned. (laughs) And I started either ignoring the comment altogether or half smiling in a can't be bothered sort of way. Oh, we've all seen that half smile. Oh, yeah, yeah. It pains me to think of how many times I've seen that (laughs) half smile. Occasionally, if in a good mood, I might respond with, everybody that says that gets a zero taken off their pay to join in the joke. But these instances were few and far between. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, oh, and this is from Lara. The last publication on names compelled me to write in on my unfortunate name. I really wish people would stop commenting on it, but the awkwardness never ends. My name is Lara. When I tell people this, I either get, oh, Lara Croft, to which I say usually nothing and just roll my eyes. In Starbucks, a barista who probably thought he was being really clever once shouted, Tomb Raider, <sighs> instead of my name. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> This is awful. Otherwise, it's like, oh, like Dr. Zhivago. Yes, like Dr. Zhivago. The Russian book and movie where the Lara in question, spoiler alert, dies horribly in childbirth, I believe. (laughs) I'm 26 and still I've not seen any of these movies on principle and I never will. One more? Yeah, go on then. Okay, Annie. I have quite a few things that people always say to me and leave me smiling on the outside and crying on the inside. I'm currently a teacher at an international school in China. And the most irritating thing people ask is, oh, an English teacher? No. Sorry, Annabelle. I'm a properly qualified teacher with a master's and teach all subjects. I'm not a random English speaker who's decided I can teach non-speakers English because I myself speak English. Again, no disrespect to Annabelle. Oh, the other creepy one I get is from dirty dads or online dating. Ooh, if you were my teacher, I might pay more attention in school. I try not to visibly gag. My previous career was as a dancer. And any time I tell anyone their first hilarious response is, pole dancer... Oh, God. Nope. I have nothing against pole dancers, but I never know how to respond. With certain groups, I will chuckle awkwardly and explain what kind of dancing I did. I was on top of the pops once as a commercial dancer. Cool. But with older males, I make them explain why they thought that was an appropriate thing to say. Great. I do feel good like on a week like this week when I hear um, these these laughing on the outside side and on the insides and I know that I've never said any of them. Yeah, when you haven't said them, it feels good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you have, you feel like you want to die. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. How's your, how's your business going? It's going okay, yeah. My new website, getgetgot.com. Yeah, I'm pleased. Yeah. Why do you laugh? It's a great name, no, getgetgot. No. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I like it. But yeah, it's going... I just feel weird having a business, I think. But um, yeah, it's going... I think it's going pretty well. I'm, I'm happy with the progress. I've set some SMART goals. You know about SMART goals? I don't. Can't remember what it stands for, but anyway, you measure your goals each month, and I'm I'm looking to break my first month's goals. So I'm pleased about that. That's great. Mm. And with it being like a, a website, a tech company, have you installed a fireman's pole to slide down? <laughs> have you got a ball pool? Have you got like loads of hamsters that you dog. can just play? You got a dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah very very Silicon Valley-ish. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you put up a little video to launch it last week, and I thought it was 
tremendous. I thought it was really good. I thought this doesn't look like some kind of dog and pony show held together with sticky tape, which is what I'd expect from you. (laughs) When I think of all the things you've made over the years, (laughs) there's an extremely amateurish quality to them, whereas this looks so professional. I didn't actually make the video on my own. No, but you know, you're the one making the decisions, aren't you? Yeah, that's true, yeah. It's surprising to me how great it looks, and the website is fantastic. Thank you. Now, uh, what was I to tell you? I did something quite confrontational the other day. Go on. I ended up with one and a half hours free, mm-hmm. where my son had gone on a play date. Oh, how I love it when he goes on a play date at somebody else's house. I hate a play date at our house. Mm-mm. Like, it's... if I wanted my house to look like that, I'd go and live in the hurricane belt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just awful. Right. I'd rather meet on neutral ground. Yeah, then you'd have to deal with the mess afterwards. Yes. Yeah. But, um, you know, the best one of all is just dropping my son off somewhere. and then. Go. So I thought, I'm going to take my book, and I'm going to go to about 25 minutes walk away. There is this really nice cafe where I think I sort of romanticise the idea of myself sitting in there reading a book. Check the opening hours online, open from 9am till 10pm. Mm-hmm. It was very much quarter past four. I thought this yeah. is going to be fine. Yeah. So I walk there in the wind and drizzle. All right. Go to open the door. Yeah. It doesn't move. Oh. And then an employee on the inside mouths, we're closed. We're closed. Right. There was me. someone in there. Okay. Yeah. Right. Quite annoying, seeing as they said annoying. on their website they were open. Very annoying. You'd walked all the way now, there. Now, there's no point in arguing the toss there and then. Mm. But what I did do is compose an email straight away on the spot. Did you? And I said, hey, your opening hours on your website, on your Instagram, say 9am to 10pm. I've just been waved uh, d- dismissively waved away through a locked door. Maybe you want to update them so schmucks like me don't walk 25 minutes, which is perhaps a bit more aggressive than I... You're making a good point, though. Don't forget that. It's and I'm a customer. Yeah. They emailed back the next day saying, um, thanks, we'll get it changed. Right. That's it? Yeah. No free coffee? <laughs> <laughs> well, worse than, so then I email back, and I haven't heard back since. I email back. Oh, my God. No. That's hold great. On, hold on. No, I don't, let me just pair myself with this. Okay, go. I email back. That's great. And uh, and then inverted commas. Sorry about that. Would have been nice, but never mind. Because no. they should have apologised. These, these business owners... The trouble is this place is so popular, it doesn't care about your average uh, customer. You know, right. it's, it's it's always ended up on like the list of 25 best cafes in London or whatever. Right. So they don't care. But there will come a day where they are no longer the hip thing. And then? And then, I mean, nothing will happen. No, no. It'll be fine. But you'll feel better about it. <laughs> but they should have apologised. Yeah, they should have. They were so, the first line should have been, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for letting and us And that was know. why I replied, yeah. uh, a sorry about that would have been nice. Now, but I'm, Sarah says, yeah. anytime I'm sort of, uh, not civil in an email, I've lost the argument, even if my point is right. Yeah, she makes she makes a good point. Would you have said it to their faces? No, of course not. Don't be silly. I don't know. Sometimes that that's <laughs> the kind of thing where the rage will overtake <laughs> right, me. Right. Um, we went to another cafe yesterday, and uh, we went in. I ordered mint tea. Sarah ordered a sandwich. We sat outside. Ten minutes past. The mint tea had long since turned up. The sandwich nowhere to be seen. Mm. At what point do you ask about food? Oh, that's a good question. For me, mm. 
depending on what it is, something simple like a sandwich, I'd probably wait half an hour well, she, and anything else an hour. So she waits about 15 minutes mm. and then the the waiter, she says to him, because it's table service because of COVID, mm-hmm. uh, she says, oh, I ordered a sandwich. He says, oh, yeah, they're just preparing it. Okay. Now, the waiter is wearing a hat that isn't what I'm about to say, but it is akin to a jester's hat. Right. In that it's it's woolly, but it's got long dangly bits like a jester's hat might do. Okay. And I just thought to myself, this guy can't be trusted. <laughs> he can't be trusted in a hat like that. I thought I, I, I don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. It says Joker. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. So sure enough, another fifteen minutes pass. She goes inside the cafe, asks where the sandwich is, and it turns out the order had never gone through. No. Yes, you were right. I was right. The hat was the sign, and you got it right. So that that I think is a talent I have in life, telling how trustworthy somebody is by the headwear that they're currently is, is adorning their head. But only if they're wearing headwear. It's quite crucial, is it? They have to wear. I think so. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> that might be useful. How can I monetize it? Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Uh, any social situations you need to know the rules on, we are here to oblige you. Annabelle, do you have the first one? Okay, I'm just firing it up here. This is from Fernando. You're firing it up? Yeah, firing it up. Yeah, firing up the rules. I'm sitting in front of my computer participating in a conference call where some people have their camera turned on. One of my colleagues is sitting on her couch and behind her there are a few framed pictures. One of the said pictures is visibly tilted. I am trying to resist the urge to tell her about it. We are half an hour into the call and I can't pay attention to anything beyond that picture. If I had the power to use a Jedi, Jedi mind trick once, <laughs> only once, I'd probably just fix that from afar. She is a cheerful person who is generally open to humorous commentaries. She is also eight months into her pregnancy and does not look particularly happy right now. My rational mind is screaming at me to just be quiet, but I'm not sure I can. Ideas? Oh. I think you you were doing all the right things and that you were thinking, well, is she the kind of person who'd be able to take this well? Maybe it's just it's better not to say anything at all. What would you do? I mean, it is better not to say anything at all, but I do understand the compulsion. If you just don't know what... So there's lots of people in this chat, are there? Yeah. That's the difficult thing. If it's just a one-on-one... Yeah, yeah, it's much easier then. Yeah, because I'm, I'm always saying, I love seeing what people have got in the background. Oh, that picture could do with straightening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way of doing yeah. it. But you can't really do that in a in a group chat. No, especially not in a... When people are talking about work, just interrupting and going, oh, excuse me, sorry, Sandra, uh, <laughs> you're a bit wonky up there. Maybe the trick is, I don't know if you'll ever be in another call with her, but have, have your own wonky picture in the background put a picture up deliberately wonky oh conversation starter yeah and then you say oh that picture's wonky god isn't it annoying when people do that i'm yeah. gonna straighten mine anyone else got a wonky picture or you could persuade everyone to change their background oh i know let's all do um have safari backgrounds today yeah, and then you yeah, don't yeah, see yeah. anyone's yes, background yeah, yeah oh it's tricky but to be honest it wouldn't bother me that much but i know for some people it drives them insane mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay next one is from nathaniel i am currently in a chip shop these are both live ones. Like people were writing them as they this happened. I am currently in a chip shop, burning red with embarrassment. Very sure I've done the wrong thing. I'm not sure if I should show that I've made a mistake and fix it, or just port protocol it by sticking out with it. By sticking with it. Upon arriving at the chip shop, there were a group of people loosely spaced outside, but just one person inside. I checked the sign on the door that said maximum of five people inside and went in. 
After ordering, I didn't really hear what the cashier said and stood off to the side to wait my order. After preparing a different order, she shouted it out to the crowd outside and someone came in to collect. Obviously, I'm meant to wait outside, but now I've been waiting there a couple of minutes and no one has corrected me. Surely the people outside are judging me. Mm. I could end the judgment by leaving, but then mm. I've shown I know I've done something wrong. Is it better to feign ignorance and remain judged or to leave shamefaced but redeemed? What if someone else comes to order and is clearly told to wait outside? As it happens, as I was writing this, someone did come in and my heart was racing. But thankfully, my meal was prepared before she took his order and I was able to take it and run. But the philosophical question remains. I had a chance to redeem my mistake without any social interaction by leaving and joining the outside bunch. This would mean choosing a brief embarrassment to gain relief or to stay and feel the eyes on the back of my head for what could have been many minutes had my order not been simple. As each person called in only makes my mistake all the more obvious and painful. I mean, I, f- I feel the redemption and brief embarrassment is preferable to knowing that everybody in there is thinking, who does that guy think he is? It's Flouting the awful. rules. There are ways you could try to make it easier. You could do this facial expression. Can you just you go, you yeah. go like that? Oh, whoops, a daisy. Oops. But yeah, in, oh, in face yeah. form. You could fake a phone call and go outside. No, and just no, 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 because no, that, styling it out. Okay. Because what that does it suggests that, um, you, you know, you're, 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 Plowing your own furrow. Right. You know, you would be in there, but no, I want to take a phone call, so I'm going to go out. You look even worse. Really? Yeah, okay. I think so. So you just have to do the face. You go, oops. Oh, it's so oops. painful. It's like, oops, oh, I feel, oops. I feel so embarrassed just thinking about having to do that. But yeah, do the face and walk out. Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right, those are solved. Uh, send us yours, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs> And that's our podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, we do appreciate you being here for us every week. And if you want to be at our live show, if you're a Patreon supporter, we'll be sending messages out about that pretty soon. It's happening on the 27th of October. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music, to Emily Harrison for the incidental music, Carla Gowlett for the photos, Kim Rainey for the artwork. And I want to finish this week by saying a heartfelt, happy, belated birthday to baby Rudy, who is now toddler Rudy. This comes from Roxanne, who says, Hey, Jeff and Annabelle, I'd love to request a podication near to October the 13th, as it'll be my birthday. No worries if it's a few weeks late, as I'm always a few weeks behind. Well, actually, we're, we're going to be pretty much on time. Yeah. This will come out on midnight on the 13th or just after on the 14th. So it's as close as we can manage. Feels good to be getting somebody's birthday uh, acknowledged <laughs> on time. Oh, God, the humiliation. Um, she says, I was once one of your cool young listeners. I was the hip 13-year-old discussing your radio show with my friends. Okay, well, maybe not the most hip. 
Well, now I'm turning 30. Whoa. Wow. Uh, despite talking about the various incarnations of your show to anyone that will listen, I can't imagine anyone will think to request a publication. So I thought I'd write in and make us all feel old together. Yeah. Remember the Radio Times used to describe us as near hip? Yes, that was strange, wasn't it? I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, near hip. Um, near hip. I've never seen anything else called near hip before, have you? No. No, no. no. Um, also inspired by a recent episode, I wanted your opinion on virtual karaoke parties. I'm all for karaoke, of course, but having now been to a very short virtual one, I can't imagine there's anything more excruciating. Have you dared to try? I haven't. Um, my understanding is part of a problem is the lag. Oh, that must be bad. Because when you see these videos of musicians playing online and they're all in a different square, like it's Celebrity Squares, mm. but it's on a Zoom, that mm. it's not live. Right, because you can't do it. You can't yeah. do it, so they all sort of wear an earphone and play to track and then, uh, you know, they overlay it. Right, right. Um, so I guess if you're doing karaoke, because part of the fun of karaoke is that you're the lead singer, but everyone's singing along, mm -mm. unless you're at karaoke with my friend John, who <laughs> dominates and sings so loud, it doesn't matter if you're on the microphone or not. Right, yeah. Um, and you ca I don't think you can do that in a virtual thing. So it's like doing an X Factor audition. Mm. You're just singing solo. Kind of appealing. <laughs> I will say that often when you sing, Annabelle, everybody is dumbfounded by your voice. Well, yeah. You know, Everyone they, does go quite quiet. They sit in a stunned silence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Sarah suggested getting the karaoke out the other night. Some, you know, she got the appropriate number of people round. In fact, the appropriate number of people came round for dinner. Mm. So, it was fewer than six. It was her and three others. But I stayed upstairs in the loft just to be on the safe side. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> for you yeah i don't think it was i think my i think my uh motivation wasn't just being on the safe side right okay. it was avoiding the interaction gotcha. but yeah. she tried to get me to plug the karaoke in at one stage and it was decided it was a bad idea because of course doing non-virtual karaoke um one of the, the reasons you can't have concerts and things at the moment is aerosol transmission mm -hmm. of the rona is uh is what you know one of the most potent ways of transmitting it but anyway um she says, keep up the mediocre work. Too late to get out of the routine of listening to you now. So great. Like 17 years. 13 years old. Listen to us. So that, what would that have been? 2003? Yeah. We'd have been doing the breakfast show at the time. Oh, wow. Like, Mummy, Am I Ugly? Little Jeff with all that helium they used oh, to inhale yeah. every day. So uh, don't quite know the long-term effects of that. Well, I'm sure we'll find out quite I soon. I seem fine, don't yeah, I? Yeah. Uh, your Friday song, would that oh, have been, wow. was that on that early? I can't remember. Maybe long, 2004, long I don't yeah, know. All a long time ago, yeah. all those years ago. Um, well, thanks for sticking with us. That that uh, that really, you know, I, I, I love hearing when somebody has grown up with us. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's, it's uh, amazing that you haven't outgrown us, really. Doesn't say a great deal about your maturity level. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, happy birthday, Roxanne. Thank you for sticking with us. And if you'd like a podication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.